Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling Around. And this week, we are going to the last ever WWE One Night Stand. But before we get into that, joining me this week is the world-famous Terry Peters. Terry Peters, how are you doing? Yeah, all good here. Sun is shining. Another week of lockdown is done. You you look tired, Peters. That was a a massive yawn to start the show. Yeah, I was working up at like 6 o'clock this morning. Don't even know what by. Just put to work up at 6, don't I? Gross. That's how it feels, you fucking prick. (laughs) <laughs> and you might have heard from the sound of his voice but joining me as well is Lou Markham <laughs> Lou, how, how are we doing? I'm fantastic, had a lovely sleep in this morning feeling good and I'd like to thank the uh, the listeners of Wrestling I noticed there was a bit of controversy when I opened the show last week with the uh, the Power Rangers mask and you know, the people on you know people on this podcast always didn't like it but we put it to the good listeners and I can now reveal the uh, results of the poll so I asked a question. Did this settle the promise? Thirty-three percent of people said yes. Sixty-seven percent said absolutely. So smashed it, smashed it, lads. <laughs> what an absolute disgraceful human being you are! You are. Are, are you troll. proud? Are you so, proud for winning that? The, the people listened. The people said absolutely. I. Oh, I imagine the people clicked absolutely because they just thought, well, he must have meant to put no because we're honest on this this podcast. So you no, didn't win. Just, wonder, wonder. So that's settled now. So the Power Rangers done. Are you pr- are you proud? No more Power Engine. Are, are you proud? Are you proud of yourself? I'm very, I'm very proud that we've got such a. Are you proud of yourself for that absolutely disgraceful stunt you pulled on social media? I'm this is the social media manager. Disgraceful. Discra- these, these corruption. All the way from the top to the bottom in wrestling around. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll weed it out. Absolutely disgraceful. That was the best. You've let yourself down, Lou. I said this last week. You've let yourself down. <laughs> You've let me down. You've let Terry Peters down. You've let the wrestling around podcast down. And you've let the fans down. Well, I think now the fans voted, so the fans are happy, actually. The fans are, the fans are happy. Um, it's so a sham. We- you know, it seems like you two are part of the, uh, the fake news scum media, but not me. I'm, uh, I'm decidedly, our social media manager, uh, Dominic, said that was uh, a fair thought. Absolute sham. So we're good. Well, you know what, Dominic? You sacked. 
<laughs> no, Dominic can't be sacked. We all know that. <laughs> anyway. Someone should have just said, Dominic, you sacked. So. <laughs> Would have ended it all. Right. Enough of that. Absolute tomfoolery. Just getting his new glasses today so it can be it. Anyway. <laughs> hey. This week we are looking at One Night Stand 2008. So this was the last One Night Stand before it became Extreme Rules. I think there's only four in total. There's two ECW One Night Stands and then there's obviously two WWE One Night Stands. Lou's not a fan of the name. Well, it's stupid. And I mean, yeah, I, when you got onto the show, it was branded as Extreme Rules for most of it anyway. So it's almost like a year into doing this, they were like, no, nah, do you know what? Maybe this one night stand is not a very good name. And also, the poster had Kane on it. Where's Kane? Isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I noticed this as well. You only see him once, like 10 yeah. seconds. He's not even, well, he's in the sort of video package, isn't he? It's not even about him. <laughs> so, yeah. They even used the Extreme Rules logo that they use now, didn't they? So they've yeah, obviously... they, so they were using it as um, the branding was a there, match type on, on ECW. Right, okay. Yeah, so it's always been there, that Extreme Rules logo, I think. Before we get into things, we all enjoy the stages with the, the big trucks and everything. I I did enjoy the stage. I put we were a good set. Yeah, good. I liked Ran- it. Random, it was just like, yeah, we'll just get this stuff on backstage and just put it on the stage, but it looked good. I liked the um, the big traffic sign that was like showing the matches and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah, different. yeah. It's different, that's why I liked it. Yeah. Because this was a HD era as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and nice to top. watch a pay-per-view on this show that fills the full screen. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't notice, but now, now you've mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah now you have mentioned it, actually, yeah. Lovely stuff. Let's get into WWE One Night Stand 2008. So it took place on June the 1st, 2008, at the San Diego Sports Arena. There's a total of 9,961 people in, sold out according to JR on comms. Lou, San Diego Sports Arena, we haven't done this for a while. What do you think the snacks would be like there? <laughs> I imagine they'd have some, the, uh, like a Mexican influence. It's right on the border. <laughs> but now I could you get a nice burrito. A few tacos. Guac. Yeah, possibly nachos, but done correctly. <laughs> right. no, and maybe just maybe some of those animal biscuits as well, because obviously of the zoo. So you get some of them animal biscuits. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? You know, like some Cadbury's animal biscuits and jungle biscuits. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 but you're acting like San Diego's the only place in the world of a zoo. <laughs> yeah, but it's a famous zoo. It's quite it? famous. Stuff. Is it? Is it famous, San Diego's? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I've never been. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, Mexican food done right, I imagine. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm very great even asking that. I'm just gonna, yeah, we'll just, while, while Peter's crawls that hole with his under him, I'll just continue talking about Mexican food if you want. We can be- no, right, let's get into the, the pay per view. So this is a, a tri brand pay per view. We've obviously got Raw and SmackDown and ECW. I don't think ECW was around that much longer after this. Is it the February? Following February or 9? I think I, when I we covered it with Christian and yeah. in, Will, in the Regal episode in the archives. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, I don't like it, it, despite what they <laughs> was trying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't dispute that. Go, go on. Right. So, ECW is basically... If you mention that title as well, you're wrong. Right, well, yeah, obviously, I care that stupid little story about when he did pop up for like 10 seconds, but that's not what I was saying, right? ECW, wait. Did, in what way? Sheamus, CM Punk, 
I'll give you that. Coffee Kingston. It worked. Yeah, well, why would they cancel if it worked, so? It's the place of NXT. Yeah, but why would they need if it worked? Why would they need to rebrand? No, it? it worked. It was. It was basically. It didn't work in the fact that it was ECW because it wasn't ECW. But it worked as what it was for. It was a developmental brand. It was just a step. It was a step between SCW or OVW, whatever it was at the time, and the main roster, which is basically what NXT is now. Sorry, it's not a third brand, and it works. It was good. I, I get that, but I don't think the ECW launched the careers of many, many people. Mark it Henry. We well, didn't launch Mark Henry's career, but it, it showed that Mark Henry could carry a, a title. It wasn't the third brand though, that they was building up to be. No, I I think the, if they called it anything other than ECW, it would have been good. I think the fact it's a tri-branded pay-per-view and ECW only features in one actual match as well speaks volumes. The second match, and then the commentators yeah. just left. <laughs> yeah, my academy has places to be. As well. We'll get to that. Well, yeah, what an easy, no. what an easy gig for Taz. If you're expecting ECWs and the old ECWs, then it didn't work. But if, as a fair brand, as a fair developmental smaller brand, then I think it definitely worked. I would just agree with that. Right, you, that's, the you can... that's the hill I'm dying on today. Right, really, this is getting fiery already. This this bloody episode. There is a dark match. Matt Hardy beat Shelton Benjamin. And because it's tri-brand, three brands, we've got three sets of commentators. commentators. So we've got Cole and Mick Foley doing Smackdown. Completely missed Foley doing commentary on Smackdown. When was that ever a thing? Yeah, yeah it wasn't that long. So he, um, this is, cause this was right in attack. This is like my peak wrestling fandom this time. So he joined af- just after WrestleMania, which is why we had Coach commentating on the main event of WrestleMania 24. Right. And then he left before SummerSlam. And he went and going to TNA, and he basically just didn't... Because I thought it was quite good. I thought it was quite fresh and new, having Folio commentary. I enjoyed but him. He didn't like him. Vince shouting at him down the headsets. Right. So that's why, I, he, that's why he left. I felt Michael Cole was a lot less mechanical here as well than what he is now. Yeah, I thought it was a really, really good pairing, those two. But, um, yeah. And then we go on to uh, J.R. and King, absolute staples of the bloody classics. I think this may have been a last pair for you together, you know. Was it really? Well, in the, this setting, because I'm pretty sure that JR got, got drafted SmackDown. Yeah, the draft was happening like up. a month later, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that yeah. the one JR didn't know about it, did he? And Becky mm-hmm. everyone thinks he did it just to piss him off, basically. Yeah. Just to mess with him. Although JR and Foley was a really good commentary team as well. But I imagine it would yeah. be. And then we've got the uh, <laughs> ECW commentary team of uh, Mike Adamley and Taz. You can see just like Taz is out. The soul in there, and Taz just draining away. Well, I Taz said the other week, Taz is really good, but he, meant he carried this two-man booth, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, can you even call it a two-man booth? It was my Taz, and then just one man spouting absolute bollocks. Yeah. He clearly has no concept of the wrestling world. No. I, he... I remember when Mike Adamley called Jeff Hardy it sounded on telly like he called him Jess Harvey, but he claims he called him Jeff Harvey. Just how can you know his basic name? That was his, that that was his debut. debut. He did have I mean, major, um, major CP issues there, didn't he? Yeah, he says, he says, I don't want to criticise him too much. It's a yeah. sad story, isn't it? He also brought us a great moment when he was announced Raw GM. <laughs> how you doing, Dave? Richard. <laughs> It was great, but um, I'm sure he was very good at football, but wrestling was not his thing, that's for no, sure. But I would say, in defence again, if you're going to try him out, your developmental brand's the place to do it. 
at least you won't come and say it on Raw Smackdown. Yeah, it's true. He was coming to the show that no one was watching. Right, that is true. But speaking of uh, Jeff Hardy, his sort of late name, Jeff Hardy, was wrestling against Yamanga. Uh, Umaga to everybody else that's not William Regal. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have a false count anywhere match. I didn't realise Jeff Hardy had this music, but it, I think I prefer it to all his other music. Uh, I half remembered it. I half remembered it when I heard it, and I quite liked it, obviously. I think he should, well, he, I think he should bring it back, because he, he's promised it this year, that he's gonna bring it back, and then he just came back to his old music again. Yeah, he definitely but should. But I think it should, it's, cause it's nice, it's similar, but different from the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Which is what yeah. I like about it. No, I, I would agree with that. Maybe he'll bring it back on next sing, week's. Does he sing it? I think he might sing it, you know, cause he's got a he's band. He's in a band, he? isn't he? Yeah. He sang his TNA ones. I don't know if he sang that one. But he definitely sang all his TNA ones. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember the one there. Jeff Hardy. He's been banned called something like Peroxide or something. Like Peroxide yeah. or something Peroxide like that. Peroxide with a question mark. Peroxide after Y. Yeah. Like Panic at the Disco, but no. Jeff Hardy is against Umaga. Umaga, I thought, looked really, really good here. And he was a beast, wasn't he? I remember when he debuted. And he was the he only was a monster, on ages, wasn't he? Yeah. Till Donald Trump said no more. <laughs> That's when he beat him. I can't wait to like, like, it's like many things in the world with Donald Trump right now, isn't it? No more. Yep, so they're, yeah, they're having a, a false Civil count. Rights. What was that, Lou? Nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're having a false count anyway, match. This is sort of a rekindling of a feud because Jeff Hardy beat Umaga for his Intercontinental title, I think, ages ago, and then they just one got drafted back to Raw and then started fighting again. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Definitely calls for a false count anywhere match. It's not like a blood feud or <laughs> they, they went nine minutes. I thought it was a very good way to open the show. Some interesting spots in here. Fighting all the way down the ramp. They go outside. They're fighting in the back. There's a great bit where Jeff Hardy slides down the rail and crossbodies him. That was the most dangerous spot, right? That reel was specifically designed for that not to happen. It's got those little bumps on it. I noticed. Yeah. Uh, they slide down. They were anyway. definitely going up a hole. Oh, that was hurt. That was the um, most dangerous thing I saw today. And then I noticed JR saying the last time he tried that, he got splinters as well. <laughs> JR's got some classics, hasn't he? He did. Yeah, I liked the pin on the stairs because he uh, <laughs> he's got his shoulders down, but he's going going upwards. The end up outside. Climb up one of the production trucks, kicks Umaga off, Jeff Hardy, and then Jeff Hardy's a swanson bomb, and he sort of lands on Umaga after about one hour. <laughs> I'm on the floor, and he picks up the win. I like this. It's very Attitude Era, hardcore division, you know, where they used to fight outside, and I remember, like, Al Snow got pinned on the fence or something. And then... <laughs> it was one time he got pinned in the Mississippi River, wasn't he? Yeah. Wasn't that by your favourite wrestler? Yes, uh. it was, and apparently it was like, 30 Fahrenheit or something, which is, I think it's either freezing point or below freezing point. It was, that yeah. was on that night. Yeah. And I think it was very cold. I, I've seen that and it is quite yeah. a good. Considering this was like sort of eight years later, very good. Lou, what did we think of the opening match? I, I enjoyed it. This is what you want from a false count anyway. It's, but then what, but my, my issue with it is, so actually no, first, false count anyway, love them. You've got to end it backstage. I think it's cheating. If you have a false cut anywhere match and you end it in the ring, or even in the ringside area, you've got to yeah. you've got to end it somewhere random. Otherwise, what's the point? So I agree. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, 
Yeah, the only thing I thought was, I remember this is in hindsight, and now we have a lot of cinematic wrestling. I felt like, you know, as you said, like, it took ages for the cameraman to realize, oh, I can walk to the other side of this bend. Mm. They could have just, surely they could have pre-recorded that, because it was daylight anyway, and spliced it together, so that, like, it landed in the pin straight away. That yeah. was my only, that was my only thing. So it's like, do you need to do it live if you're, if you're not in front of the crowd? But other than that, yeah, really, that's just nitpicking, because obviously we've got all this cinematic wrestling. But yeah, cause, because you know that they've done it better since. That's yeah. the, that was the annoying thing, isn't it? I think that's it, but it was just like this camera was just stood there like, oh, I can't see past this bin. And then like 10 minutes later, it's like, oh, do you know what? I can walk on the other side. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> it's just a bit odd. But it's not the, uh, not the stupidest thing a cam- someone with a camera's done in this show. As we'll get no, we'll get, to <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Tay Peters, what did you think of Jeff Hardy against uh, Yamanga? Yeah, great start to the pay-per-view. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I love that they went outside and just used all different parts of the arena. Because I, I don't know if it was it last week where I said yeah, when they go outside, prefer them to use just bits that you don't usually see, and this is exactly what happened in this. And like you say, the ending could have maybe gone a little bit smoother camera-wise, but other than that, really good. Although some of the camera work did make me feel a bit bit sort of motion sickness because it was a little bit wobbly in places when they were chasing them about but it was there uh, like bloody very Blair Witch or something wasn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> handheld camera guy around. which I guess adds a bit of realism to it doesn't it because he's well, that's true, trying to yeah. chase after him and he but as we was said all, like, not, not the worst bit of camera work in this baby yeah if there was all like perfectly set up cameras, you'd think, hang on a minute, what's going on here? You know what I mean? You know, like when the yeah. someone gets thrown through a car, and oh, but there's a camera running inside the car that they pick. Yeah, or the <laughs> um, the Rock of Mankind, where the the camera was on the forklift. Yeah, as it was going <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> also, uh, when Umaga smacked the chair against the wall and it just fell to pieces, that's going to take some force for that chair, a steady looking chair, to fall apart like that as well. Yeah, but I thought Omar looked really good in this. He looked like an absolute... He didn't win, but he looked like an absolute beast because he had like, 90% of the offence. Yeah. I feel like they just weren't sure what to do with him at this time, were they? Really? Because no. he's kind of lost his undefeated streak and, and whatnot. And it just seems to be floating around. I think he lost to Batista in like a random match at WrestleMania, didn't he? Like a cross-promotional yeah. match. On yeah, it. it was just a random match again, both on the card and obviously Batista won. But yeah, and I think they just got, didn't really know what to do Yeah, it's like... he got to that glass ceiling a lot of... The WWE stars seem to get out of the way. It's like they're he not quite ready for the the world championship. Yeah, I I thought he could have maybe pushed him onto a bit more though. But then there's Samoan and Savage has only got yeah so much to go on it. I think it's the same though. It's like we're all heels. Level guys as well at the same time. That's yeah, the thing, I think it? it's the same like we're all heels though. It's like the 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 main reason they're there a lot of the time is they, they build up as an unstoppable monster for the babyface to be him, and that's the point of them. Yeah. So it's like after you've got to that point, then what do you do? It's like yeah. if you look at like all of Hulk Hogan's opponents across the eighties, like what did they even really do? Like after the last tournament, WrestleMania? No. Yeah. <laughs> just, much, I just think it. it's just kind of the way it is, isn't it? Really. But then there's no other territories for them to go to now, so they hang around. Like normally yeah. back in the day, you'd move on. At that point, you do that in New York, and then you move on, do the same thing in Atlanta, either. But now you can't. But you go can't anywhere. do that, yeah. No, there's nowhere else to go. Well, there is now, but there wasn't at the time. I don't know. Oh, actually, TNA was pretty good at the time, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so that was uh, yeah, Pirates and uh, Dynamite. <laughs> Let it go. Determined <laughs> to annoy bloody Dave Meltzer and everybody else. Probably going higher as a rockets now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Jeff Hardy beating Umaga in nine minutes. 
We then go to Cole and uh, Michael Cole and McFoley. And quite an interesting video package where Foley in an empty arena is going through the rules of a stretcher match, which I quite enjoyed. Sometimes, stretcher match doesn't really need it, but I think it adds more realism to say if they like walk around the tissue a little bit in the show and walking around the cage, you know, like a hell in a cell or something, saying this is this yeah. is what it is. I quite enjoyed this. Yeah, especially with someone like Foley, because it adds yeah. a bit of to it, doesn't it? If Foley's telling you it's dangerous and all the stuff that he's been through, then you don't write it's dangerous. I really enjoyed it. I was a bit I was I mean it was at the time, but even looking back on this now, it's the first time I watched this pay per view or anything from this era since the actual era. And I was just a bit sad that Foley didn't stay on his commentator or this some sort of analyst role a bit a bit longer. He's really good at it. I'd have him back. If you got him like on a as a pre show analyst instead of David Otunga or Sam <laughs> yeah. Roberts or someone. Byron Saxon. Byron Saxon's a legend. Is it well on um so he did the full commentary for One Night Stand two thousand five, didn't he? And he was really good on that. Yeah, yeah. Joey Styles. Yeah. I do, I did like well, this is going further into the video, but for just while on Foley, he kept mentioning especially at the edge matches, he kept mentioning his experiences with him, which I thought was really good, like really realistic. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, it just had that gravitas on it. And I think that's sometimes the issue that the analysts have now. It's like Corey Graves I think he's quite good at his job, but he doesn't have the experience to draw back on. Isn't he? He's never won his yeah, Headlines of Mania, has he? He's never yes. won a world title. Yes, it's nice to have, like... It's like when you're watching football, isn't it? You know, you, you don't want... Sometimes it happens, but you don't want some, like, random guy who's, like, won, like, the LDD fans trophy or whatever it is, and, like, is his it, only... It's, like, his the only achievement. It's the difference yeah. between Jermaine Genus and Gary Neville, isn't it? Yeah, basically, <laughs> right? <laughs> Gary Neville's won got, everything in the game. Unless you've got, like, a lot of charisma behind you, like, you're, like, you're, like a Robbie Savage type or something, and it's very yeah. difficult to, um... To do that, yeah, and it's the same with any spot, really. So, and then we're, we go into the crowd and we see Sean Merriman, known as Lights Out Merriman. He's a San Diego Chargers uh, linebacker, so everybody remember him. <laughs> <laughs> and we go on the only ECW match on the card. Although I don't think at this time Matt Hardy would have been an ECW on the undercard, wouldn't he? I think this was the time they're doing the talent exchange between SmackDown and ECW, yeah. wasn't it? So, so that this just... would have been the same, but that was obviously a dark match. Yeah. We've got a sort of five-pack challenge Singapore game match to become the ECW number one contender. So they've only got one match, but they don't have a title match, <laughs> which is just weird, isn't it? Uh, we've got CM Punk, who's currently Money in the Bank, Chavo Guerrero, and he's been uh, accompanied by uh, Bam Neely, part of La Familia. We've got John Morrison, who is one half of the WWE Tag Team Champions with The Miz. Got ECW stalwart Tommy Dreamer. And we've got The Big Show. And The Big Show is absolutely loving it when he comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't work out if he was heel or face or what was going There's on. There's quite a few people during this pay-per-view where I couldn't work out what they were, uh, were heel yeah, or face. He looks a lot thinner at this one than he did in last week's episode at Judgment Day as well. He does look like he's lost a little bit of his timber that he had. Yeah, so when they announced, I think it was 440. I, did, I, I was thinking actually... I, I should have taken note of how much he was yeah, Well, this is this is right after the... Yeah, it took a break, didn't he, at the end of his original ECW title run. Where he was the biggest one, in. And yeah, then he came out for the Floyd Mayweather match. And this is a couple of months after, so yeah, he's a pretty good... I mean, he's nothing like he looks now. No, he looks... He's still, I still can't get over how good he looks now. No, he's yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? But the, so the, uh, whoever wins this match becomes the ECW number one contender and they'll face Kane at Night of Champions. I don't think it was called Vengeance anymore, was it? It was just Night of Champions. No, I, think it, I think it transferred, hasn't it? 
So it's chaos. He's forcing a pockets all around the ring on big on big posts. Everyone just starts attacking the big show as you would. All the other four. The big show sort of Oh no, but we'll not put it there yet. There's a bit which right. Shaw Merriman. I told you to remember Shaw Merriman. <laughs> Shaw Merriman. Because uh, Chavo Guerrero is attacking CM Punk. Shaw Merriman is getting so close to the action from our liking. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty much cuddling CM Punk. CM Punk moves out of the way. Chavo Guerrero smacks him with a, a cane. And this is what I like Singapore kids. Because, well, they're going to hurt. But if you, um, I think it was just incredible said on the podcast I was listening to. If you hit them with the right bit, it barely hurts at all. But the sound is incredible. Mm. And if all I of these shots... It's probably that end little white bit if you hit them with that. No, I think it's closer to the end. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's more it? Yeah. Yeah. So, Merriman's obviously annoyed about getting hit with his cane. He, to be fair, he takes one. <laughs> oh, he yeah. gets leathered with that, doesn't he? Yeah. CM Punk then gives Sean Merriman the cane, and he strikes back, and it's Chavo Guerrero. Just love to see it. <laughs> you love it when celebrities get involved. Random sporting ones. It's like Wade Barrett and Wade Rooney, you know? Yeah. Why, why did ZZ Top never do this? <laughs> I think probably one of them might have died. About <laughs> <laughs> 80 at the ZZ Top. <laughs> so, The Miz comes down. He's uh, obviously tag team champions with John Morrison. Sort of attacks the Big Show. Big Show goes after him. John Morrison does like a chop block with his Singapore cane. And the Big Show goes down while he's holding the steps. And Ooh. it's a nasty cut in it. And you can see it when they do it again. You can see where he hits his head. He was lucky really where he hit it when you think about it. So right on the corner of the eye. Yeah. And it well, what a shot that it. is. What a <laughs> shot that is though when he gets up and he's just got the blood all over his back. Not just I, over his yeah. eyes. It definitely wasn't intentional because why would you do that to yourself? But it, made no the, it, made, it made the end a lot better. Oh, yeah. It's better, didn't it? So, it's, it's absolute chaos. Everyone's just getting smacked with canes. Big Show's down for a while, but then he gets up, and like we say, he's got this crimson mask, and he just he's just pissed off, isn't he? <laughs> Pretty much. So they're all pissed off the Big Show. I was going to say, it just angers Big Show, doesn't it? And then he finds a trash can full of Singapore canes, <laughs> and just proceeds to beat the crap out of everyone. <laughs> So Bam Neely gets hit with a few. <laughs> the Miz, Charles running off, gets hit. He's on the floor, Big Show's just <laughs> smacking him. John Morrison does it. Probably my favourite spot in the whole thing. John Morrison jumps over the top row and he's hit mid-air by the show. And then, oh, yeah, there were some really innovative Singapore cane spots, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was probably the best one. Just in case that ain't enough, Big Show carries on hitting him with a cane on the floor. Yeah. He, he gets rid of CM Punk and he's left with uh, Tommy Dreamer in, in, the, in the middle. He does the choke slam on Tommy Dreamer, waits for him to get up. Great selling by Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> and then just smashes him on the head of the cane. <laughs> Big Show pins him with his foot. Cane aloft. They only went eight minutes. But this was eight minutes with absolute chaos, which I, I absolutely loved. Ted Peters, what did you think of the uh, the ECW match on this card? Yeah, I mean, that's just what you want from an ECW match. It's complete enough to carnage. The shot at the end of Big Show with the cane above his head and all the blood across his face. And in fact, he rubs it over his eye as well. Incredible stuff. I've never really got the Singapore cane match as a concept, though. I, I still think it's a little bit daft. But in this, when you see what plays out in this one, it was really good. I think it was initially brought in. It wasn't the Singapore. It was that. 
American lad who got canned in Singapore thing, wasn't it? Yes, because it's all, it's just a kind of thick and WWE, isn't it? This is like an yeah. ECW thing. Yeah. Um, and the ECW, it was Tommy Dreamer and Sandman, the Singapore cane match, but they had a, it wasn't to use the Singapore cane, it was the end of the match. Tommy Dreamer got whipped with a cane, because that's what happened to this kid. That's, I think, where it started. Yeah. Is that when he's going saying, give me another? Yeah, because before that, Tommy Dreamer was like a pretty boy, just like normal anti ECW wrestler, which yeah. is just so strange, isn't it? <laughs> like, like, that was like the innovator. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, Speaking he's of Tommy Dreamer, did he ever actually have his own t shirt or did he always just wear the brand t shirts of whatever he was fighting on? Company man through and through in a Dreamer. <laughs> Still is, isn't he? He's in AEW now, he's wearing his AEW t shirt. Just company man. Lou, what did you think of the ECW number one contender match? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Chaos, unbridled chaos. So you, you got all the interesting, um, I think CM Punk and someone else, it's when he took Big Show out of the ring with the Singapore came between them. Yeah. That was, that was really good. They kind of used it as a ramp to just kind of force him over the, the ropes. That was really good. Obviously, John Morrison just getting swatted out of the air was really good. And it was just the whole story of Big Show. I just thought, it was like he just remembered when he got like, cut on the head. It's like, oh, do you know what? Oh, I'm better than he's like, die. I'm like twice the size of everyone. I'm seven foot two, but it's just like he'd snapped, I don't know. So I thought the bleed like and it looked really good. It was like a switch flicked. Yeah, I, it was. It was just like, he just kind of thought, you know, I'm really good at this. And the crowd seemed to be really into it because I think they wanted Big Show and Ken. Yeah. I did wonder if um, they picked these people on purpose because like, I remember at the start of the match, Big Show's a lot bigger than all of them. So yeah. obviously, Chavo Guerrero's a cruiserweight, and then you've got... It was got... just to get out of a big show, wasn't it? It's, it's mental that CM Punk as well, they were champion like a month after this. Yeah. He was drafted to Raw, wasn't he, in the draft? Yeah. He doesn't also, look like he's ready for it at this point. My my favourite CM Punk theme song. Yeah, that's... I, I, oh, I can't like that song. They used it for Andy Orton once, didn't they? He didn't like it, did he? That just didn't fit his character, I don't think. He'd only just started using his... Voices. I yeah. liked I liked his old one, but that's the Randy Orton didn't like the old one, did they? The Rev Theory one, yeah, that's really good as well. Okay. Burn in my life. Was no, but Burn in my life. Nothing, nothing you can say on. Yeah, yeah, I liked that. Burn in my life, yeah. yeah really it's good. So slow, slow at the start though, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. You need that. It's a good thing about WWE is you can always tell who it is like two seconds in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, slight slight note, slight side note. I also like miss the days of the custom Money in the Bank briefcase. I don't RBD, like the green, I don't like the green one. Yeah, I mean, I like the black one. It is yeah, a toy. I like the but yeah, I liked it when they, they put it on stickers and stuff on it. That was really cool. Yeah. That was RVD when it all started. That RVD did it. Then yeah, I think I did it a second time around, and then was Ken, Edge is not Ken just Kennedy. the black one with red arrow. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Kennedy had one, but no, I, I, um, Damien uh, Sandow had the leather one. That was probably the best one. Damien Sandow being money in the bank champ, but like winner, it's just, yeah, or why, why did that happen? <laughs> well, it's, you know, same with Baron Corbin, Otis, just. <sighs> I got the, 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 I like Otis, but mm, come on. Yeah, well, I don't know, it's like, you, you, two ways, isn't it? Like, is he, everyone's like, oh, they don't support the people who get nationally over, and now they have to, and then everyone's like, oh, no, no, it's the, someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bit weird. I don't mind, I just, just see how it goes. Like you can't, you can't see him as a well. Same so. about Edge though. When far he won it. Yeah, you just can't now. see him as a world champion. I say like CM Punk didn't look ready for. Well, he wasn't ready when he won his first world championship. He obviously was afterwards, but mm-hmm. first time was a bit soon. But you don't really know until he actually won it. No, it's nice to see him taking a chance on people. 
So yeah. I like that. Right, so after ECW, we go on to a backstage segment. We've got Todd Grisham. He's into Vince McMahon. And they're going on about the McMahon Million Dollar Mania. Someone's going to win a million pound. Is A million dollars. This is basically that thing, isn't it, where he tried to ring someone and they gave up after weeks. It was completely just a mess. Is this not when he died? Yeah, the second time. Yeah. Is, it, is this when it, is it, so is this yeah. after Benoit? Yeah, yeah Benoit was the year So that's when he had to come back from his limo explosion. Right. Because it was, on a, it was on a draft night again. So yeah, because it was like, it became like the annual draft slash kill Vince show. Because he, apparently he wanted to, he didn't want to be on TV anymore, did he? Yeah, so he came with these innovative ways of killing himself off. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Todd Grisham obviously wants to win the the million million dollars. Vince tells him that employee, WWE employees are eligible, and out comes everyone's favorite catchphrase: <laughs> Ron Simmons. <laughs> what gets me in this is the way that Vince points at the t-shirt and then underlines the word "damn." Incredible. <laughs> it's just great. You, you can use him for so many situations. <laughs> Ron Simmons obviously shouts "damn." And then we go on to, obviously they didn't mean it, but last week we did uh, Judgment Day 2005 and there was an incredibly bloody JBL vs John Cena match. <laughs> now we're going on to a JBL vs John Cena match, but this time it's first blood. So JBL sort of semi-retired from wrestling, not 2006, and then he came back. I think Randy Orton hit him or something or someone jumped into him and he came back to slightly wanting to wrestle. He was in a fatal four-way match at Backlash, but he tapped out to Cena. And this is why they're having this first blood match. JBL wants some retribution. I thought it was not as good as their last match, but well, the last one we saw, 2005. But it's third on the card, so it probably shouldn't have been. You can't do all the same stuff. Lou, what did you think of, of the Cena-JBL first blood match? I actually quite enjoyed it. So it was... You know, last week we were saying that last man standing matches were hard to do because oh, I, oh no, I quit, wasn't it? They were I quit yeah. matches are hard to do because there's no it's the, the false finishes. It's the same here, really, but it didn't seem to bother me as much. The crowd seems to get really into it, and it. I actually quite enjoyed this match. I'm not. I don't know if it was different to last time, so I don't think it was. I, enjoy, I did enjoy it. I didn't. I just don't think it was as good as. But then yeah. that last one, the main event, and this one's not. So yeah, but. No, I, I really enjoyed it. The finish was a bit weird that Cena was stuck in the ropes for ages and all of a sudden he just got out. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought, you know, I guess you've got a first blood match when they're moving towards PG. So you, you remember you can't have someone like absolutely bust up. And, but I thought bleeding from the mouth was a bit of a weak finish. Um, it was oh, different. I thought it was quite clever. My issue with the bleeding from the mouth is, right, so, so, so Cena's got a chain and he's put the SDFU on, on JBL. And JBL immediately bleeds from the mouth. My issue is it wouldn't immediately bleed from the mouth. Yeah. I think it should have been in the STFU first for longer and then started bleeding. Or like, you know, maybe try to keep his mouth shut, but yeah. you can't that much blood coming out. Because yeah. in certain other points of the match, but the rest trying to look for the blood. That was the weirdest thing about this match. Oh. Uh, was they just yeah. laid on the floor and the referee just pops up and starts caressing the head. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you're a first, the first time he did it, I was like, what's, he, I mean, what's he doing? It was <laughs> real weird, it looked like he just loved hair or something, it was it was odd. But this, didn't, it, didn't enjoy that, that was a comfortable view. <laughs> but what I'm saying uh, is, I, I did note uh, down the ref rubbing his hands over everyone's head seems unnecessary. <laughs> very, <laughs> it was very weird. weird. 
It's just, there was one on JBR where he was proper caressing him. Yeah. No, I'm saying with that. You see, like, a bit of his scalp and it's bright red. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a bit in that one, I think John Cena gets pushed into the ring post and he holds his forehead. As it looks like he's trying to hold the. So it doesn't look like he's bleeding. I think JBL should have tried more to not look like he was bleeding. Yeah. Now he could have, like, put his hands over his mouth or something. I don't know. And then yeah. pulled his hands away and he's covered in blood. Yeah, I. Because I forgot what the finish was because I'd seen this one before. But I was kind of hoping it was a big spot that, that led to someone being busted up. And, mm. Rather than, yeah, it felt a bit weak. Anticlimactic, I thought. Okay. Um, it was a good match. There is some good spots in this. Uh, they both immediately exposed turnbuckles. Chinsey just ripped his off because he can't do the knot. <laughs> <laughs> just um, gives up, doesn't he? Yeah, JBL swinging chairs. He tries to smash Cena against the ring post at one point. The microphones are being used. JBL rips the padding off some of the railings. Yeah, he gets the chain. And JBL big boots Cena. He's, like you say, he's tied up in the ropes. So the old Andre the Giant used to do it all the time, didn't he? he fell on the ropes. He then gets a whip out. Starts to taunt Cena. Cena's only got it though. With that whip, Smithers came into my head. <laughs> yeah, it was very yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Whip. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it was, it was, it was off uncomfortable with that. Very Fifty Shades of Grey whip that one. <laughs> it, it, it was off putting, wasn't it? Maybe it was, I bet the I bet the ref planted it there after caressing someone's head. Yeah, he was give was give a, a head caress and then give it a good old. Nice, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, see, see, people might enjoy it a bit of man on man first blood action. To, to uh, paraphrase Cena from earlier on. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is true. And to be fair, and we'll get to this later. Cena's got some creepy comments about the women's match, so maybe he deserves a little bit. Very strange. <laughs> Very strange. So Cena's tied up, but obviously Super John Cena at this point, like, he can just unties himself. It's a little blow. Puts the STFU on with a chain, and he wins at forty minutes. Terry Peters, what did you think of this first blood match? And if you could give a comparison to the extremely bloody match that uh, we watched last week. I preferred last week's that we watched purely because I was very surprised that neither of these actually had a title as well, especially for Cena at this time. But last week, obviously, with the title being online, it just felt like it was more important. But I, I still thought this was a good match. I, like I say, I know you, you two maybe didn't like the finish as much as I did. I thought it was quite a clever way of doing it. to get I, first I, I, I understand, I understand, I understand yeah. what you're saying, though. Maybe you shouldn't have done it straight away, but I thought it was quite clever. Although it was clearly a blood capsule, because... It was like the thickest edge you've ever seen. Nobody's yeah, ever the thickest edge you've ever seen. And I just found the ref very uncomfortable rubbing his head, his hands through everyone's there. It was just bizarre. So you go to the hairdresser, innit? Those refereeing performances you prefer more. This guy here was just sort of stealing everyone up. Oh, that bloody clown, Ebner, from last week. <laughs> oh, oh, this this guy. I know you're not meant to notice the ref, but at least you notice the ref because this was funny. You're doing his quite, job this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But well, pulling no, people I, off chairs and that. I, I like this, to be fair. I thought it was quite good. Did either of you two notice them two guys that dressed like JBL in the crowd as well? And when yeah, Cena won, he had a bad Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got very confused because I saw him earlier and I was like, hang on a minute. What's JBL doing there? <laughs> Brilliant cosplay. You've got to love it. It just shows you sort of how stacked 2008 was. The fact that JBL and John Cena oh. are wrestling third on the card. This card's ridiculous when you look at it. And when you think as well, that no IC or US title as well to be seen. No, I didn't think that. There's only two title matches, isn't there? And they're both the 
Men won. Men two. Oh, championships, yeah. Also, no tag matches. Was no, tag... I just realised now. Was it really a tag scene at this point? No, I'm not really sure. I mean, we know WE tag tag division isn't the best anyway, but... I would have thought, it, normally on this like, Extreme Rules pay-per-view, they do like a multi-man chaos tag team match, match, they ladder match yeah. or something. They probably would have put that in the place of the Singapore Cade match. Yeah. I mean, it didn't need it. one. Didn't this one. No, no, it, it didn't just, need it. I saw enough tag team matches last me a lifetime when we did Capital Combat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never want to see one again. <laughs> And to be fair, one of the tag title champions was in in the match already, wasn't he? Yeah. Right, so we've got to another backstage uh, segment. We've got well, Batista's getting ready. Randy Orton walks in, uh, says he wants to get Evolution back together. Batista's having none of it. It <laughs> just sort of walks off, and that's him. And we go on to uh, a women's match. The Best ever women's or best ever WWE women's I quit match. This is between Beth Phoenix and Melina. So Melina and Beth Phoenix used to be tag partners, and then there was a lumberjill match where I think Melina accidentally hit Beth Phoenix, and then she did it again during a during a tag match. Uh, so they're having this this I quit match now because they've obviously split up, don't like each other. Lou, you've mentioned it earlier. Melina's entrance. Anything anything to note in that? <laughs> Oh, an idiot, what's he doing? <laughs> falling down. Don't you know what to do? He's like, oh, 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 falling down. And they're like, really? It's like, oh, just get up, you crack. Well, Melina well, was always thinking at this point. Yeah. There, at, that, at that point, then he started just, yeah. He second pissed bo- himself. And Melina pissed herself. But what gets me is how quick he moves that camera. It's quite clearly not pressing the button. He's just moving it like, uh, Yeah. Uh, oh, was it? Uh, I would have loved to have seen, though. Uh, uh, Melina. Oh, she was a heel. She would have to just look disgusted, wouldn't she? Just be like, Why? Yeah, she's just kicking. She's just like absolutely berated him. That would have been great. Yeah. And do you know what I liked as well? The fact that they kept showing it on replay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. So they just know. They're just having a laugh at this guy. I wonder who they're going to be aware to WWE or something. You must just be, yeah, sort of random. They wouldn't hire anyone to just do that, would they? Yeah. Backstage. So we've got an eye quick match. For me, it was a bit different to other I Quit matches I've seen, especially the real bloody one we watched last week. It's sort of more of a submissions match. It's sort of less extreme rules. They're just going for holes. So, like, straight away, there's a guillotine show. There's, there's other moves. There's, uh, Beth Phoenix is, I don't know what the move's called. It's sort of like a backbreaker kind of thing. She does the glam slam at one point, I think. <laughs> so it's pretty, but... The, to be fair, they, they go nine minutes, which is a lot for um, sort of women's matches in this era. Oh, it's absolutely groundbreaking, this match. Uh, and it was a well-set-out match. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend it was the best match on the card, but compared to what you would have seen two years ago when these were all in bikini contests and that, this was, like you say, groundbreaking. And the the Pepe Phoenix, she puts Melina in. She, I think she does the gland... The, Glam slam, puts her in a submission hole, holding her arms. Melina's sort of 90 degrees. <laughs> and she won't give up, which is, which is good visuals from the camera guy. So Beth Phoenix thinks, oh, screw this, slams her back down, does the same submission move, but it's now holding her by the neck. Melina is literally folded in half. <laughs> no one's back. You shouldn't bend like that. <laughs> it's outrageous, wasn't it? So Melina finally quits. I thought it made Beth Phoenix look like an absolute monster this match. Made Melina look bloody tough as owl. Lou, what did you think of the Beth Phoenix Melina match? 
Yeah, I I enjoyed it, but it was at the time it was really groundbreaking because it was a bit weird, wasn't it, when they were just you know saying out oh, the divas and like, yeah, you know. But then and then your women's champion is kind of flirting with John Cena in the backstage segment. And that's all she's doing. It's just very it's very strange. But <sighs> Beth Phoenix, oh, what you do for um, Beth Phoenix full time like now? I know. Even Melina actually, I thought this really gave Melina a lot of credibility. Melina I just thought she well. was. I was very surprised that she left WWE when she did. Because I thought she was she was quite good, actually. Was she not John Morrison's girlfriend, though? And he left soon after this, didn't he? There was some shenanigans. Want the, want the some some, some shenanigans with Big as well. Dave as well. Yeah. yeah. Of Drax. And then... Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I watch, I, watch, I watch Marvel now. I use this all the time. Every week. I really enjoyed it. I liked the... It was more a submission match. But I guess it's... Because it's extreme rules, you call it, I quit. So I guess you could call it like a... No DQ submissions match, which just doesn't sound as good, does it? But it was definitely more submission match, really. I mean, we could have called submission it like fine, ex- extreme submission, submission match. Yeah. I mean, now when they've only got like one extreme rules match on the card, submission match would have been fine. But I guess this one, everyone was a gimmick, which is how it should be on this WWE, I think at least. Yeah. I couldn't remember what it was like. This one, like nine minutes, was a very long time. Like nine minutes is more than what at this point that the women's division was getting in the entire like three hour episode of Raw. Or two hours, yeah. whatever it was. So, it was good. yeah, I thought Beth Phoenix, like, I know she's in the Hall of Fame. I thought she had a good career, but she was, I don't know, she was a mountain against hills. I don't know what's the, what's what I'm looking for, but she was, she stood out so much more than the other competitors in that division at the time. Like, I think the next, she was, at uh, Mighty Champions, like the pay per view after this, I think the title match was like Katie Lee Virtual and Mickey James. So yeah. it's just, I mean, Mickey James was good as well, but you know, it's just, I don't know, it stood out massively. Nowadays, this would just be like, oh, it's a good women's match. But for the time, it was really, really good. Yeah. So it just shows you how far uh, women's wrestling came in like the I, 10 years after that. I, I've noted down, I've said pretty much something similar. Beth Phoenix was six to eight years too early. If she was around, sort of um, around the start of the women's revolution now, she'd be incredible. She'd be, yeah. she'd be the Charlotte Flair of the company. Yeah, if you, if you watch the, uh, the Edge 24 documentary on, the WWE Network is a bit where Edge is coming back to wrestle and he's wrestling with Beth Phoenix and Beth Phoenix looks really really good wrestling Edge. She still is. She's been she's doing the odd match every now and again. The she was in the Royal Rumble this year for a long time, wasn't she? And she cracked her head wide open. Yeah, yeah I just, she took it like right through. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of that. Really early like on as well. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of the 80s headgear that she wears. That really annoys me for some reason. Not sure why. The so I, I don't. Yeah, the Wonder Woman crown thing. Yeah, just, it gets yeah. to me. Oh, I'm, I'm a massive fan of it. I get it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why. Yeah, you, that's DC though. So I'm I've not started DC ones yet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think of the music? I'm not a fan. Oh, what? Right, so I don't it, think it's, I am. It's very eighties. I, I like ah, it. I like yeah, it, but good. it's very retro. It, it reminds me of very eight bit Sega music, Sega Mega Drive music, and that's probably again quite why I like. <laughs> Yeah, I just think yeah, I, don't, I just found it a bit annoying but I'm a fan of Beth Phoenix and Melina she was good in this as well we've just had a groundbreaking women's match I quit everyone said oh this is special nine minutes have gone we go backstage and there's John Cena there with the doctor and like Will said out comes Mickey James the current women's champion and starts flirting with him. And John Cena is saying some absolutely horrendous comments. Like, oh, well, 
women's submissions really gets it to you. <laughs> Something ridiculous <laughs> like that. There's a good one. Oh, yeah, two women making each other submit gives me a boner. Uh, yeah, well, well there's two John Cena, so there's two men wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> We've all seen the pictures, John. And it's just unnecessary. So not only do we have Cena asking Mickey James if she knows what a rear naked chokehold is. That was um, how come Cena think well, Cena kicks out the bloody doctor as soon as Mickey James comes in. <laughs> yeah, well she just wanted him to the doctor's office for suggest putting a head scissors on him. Don't in the time suggest a head scissors. That's not even the weirdest bit. In the, no, toilet. No, not in the toilet. This entire segment was in the toilet. Disgusting. In the toilet. Is Mike freaking Adam Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Who comes out and just starts doing some weird small talk with the both of them? Invite him to a night in Tijuana. <laughs> Why? Why was this thing? It's <laughs> next door. You can just try a fruit okay? Uh, this is a raw segment, and the Last raw segment is had. not meant to be a bit of bloody view. No, I enjoyed uh, backstage segment. Uh, this, this was too sexist and a bit weird for me, but I enjoyed like random segments like this. I wish I'd do more of them. Like you know, backstage. What? Like I like the backstage parties. You said like WrestleMania, you know, everyone was there, and it just used to cut to it all the time. Yeah, I get that. Right, I get that. I, like, I, I don't need to see. Is Mike Adamly interrupting whatever the hell Cena and Mickey James? No, are? I was glad he stopped it. After he left, they all carried on. It just felt a bit out of character there. It felt really weird. You're like, oh, John. <laughs> you know, he said it at first. Yeah? Oh, Jonathan. Jonathan Felix. Right. So from the absolutely horrendous to the absolutely sublime, we've got Shawn Michaels vs Batista in the stretcher match. And can I, before we get into this, I am the biggest mark with Batista. That is going. He is probably one of them. I, I didn't realise until I watched this and all the unintelligent mark. <laughs> I'm putting Batista in my top five. Top five wrestlers of all time. And he, he's good. And I'm real. I'm really annoyed that he fell over in his comeback at WrestleMania. <laughs> Shame. Because what is not to like about Batista? So I I'd stopped watching at this point, but when I was watching like 2006, 2007, Batista as a champion on SmackDown, it was absolutely glorious stuff. So the sort of background to this match is, is it? Shawn Michaels has just retired Ric Flair in one of probably the best WrestleMania matches of all time. Batista's not happy about this, sort of, sort of calls out Shawn Michaels for being like egotistical and said you should have just laid down and let, let Flair win so he could keep his career going. So they have a match at Backlash. Shawn Michaels wins that match, but he feigned the back injury during it. Jericho was the referee in that match, I believe, and he's on the um, highlight reel, Jericho's yeah. uh, sort of talk show. He's obviously offended by this, because Shawn Michaels is his hero, which I find weird, because I'm pretty sure they would have been wrestling around the same time. <laughs> no, they had that feud before, didn't they, on WrestleMania 19, where yeah. I think he was... Because Jericho would have been wrestling, but he'd been coming up. Yeah. He was like in, he might be in ECW or Mexico or something, when Shawn Michaels was at his peak the first time around. And they had that whole match where like, Shawn Michaels like, you basically copied my career and then, but it was like a respectful match. Jericho, <laughs> he did, but then Jericho hits him in the dick. 
Jericho. Jericho's going to Jericho, I think. Yep. <laughs> so Jericho's obviously offended by this, saying, why'd you do it? Which is sort of the leading to their rivalry, which is, from what I've led to believe, is absolutely epic. It was some glorious. So Batista uh, stretching Shawn Michaels and says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna really hurt you if I ever see you again." So they're having this stretcher match, and we didn't actually say it when they went for the rules, but the winner <laughs> you need to put somebody on the stretcher, inca- incapacitate them so much that you can put them on the stretcher and roll them over the finish line, which I've never liked. I just think the finish line theme sounds so stupid. I don't know. I, how do it, I don't really like stretcher matches. Yeah, they do the. It's another one of them matches where it takes away the false finishes. Yeah. Well, I think this match would have been better in a cage. Yeah, that would have worked. Yeah, it wouldn't, because you needed, you needed Jericho to, to interfere. I, didn't really, I mean, he didn't really interfere, interfere, but you needed this yeah. that to happen. To, um, yeah. to, to advance that storyline, really. So I don't think they could have done the cage match. I don't know that. But I just, I just found the all... I thought, all. Oh, I also suggested a table match. Table match. Again, no, that takes away the false finishes, doesn't it? Table table. Match. Yeah, it does, but I... I, yeah, I, 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 table, I thought this was quite a table match. match. It ruined the, the main event. Yeah, it, well, obviously I forgot at this point that it was a TLC in the main event, but on an, you could, if you put it on another card, maybe have it as a table match, because obviously you could have Sean set a table up in the corner and super kick him through it, and then Batista do his Batista bomb through the table. That's the way you could do it. That's it, it, like I say, just I just don't like stretch matches. I'm trying to think of all tenses that maybe would have suited as well. I'm more of a fan of the ambulance match. I get that. You throw them in the back of the ambulance. Yeah, just, it's just the pushing them over the line. I don't like on stretch matches. It's like a, it's like a hundred meter race, basically, because you could literally move that stretcher to the end of it and just before the finish line, beat someone up for two seconds, pin them on it, and push it over. Match done. Yeah, that happened before. I think it was, it might have been the year before this when Randy Orton and IVD had one. And everyone was, I think it was IVD's last match everyone knew it was, his contract was expiring. So everyone's like, he's going to get his head kicked in and Randy Orton's going to win. But then Randy Orton, I mean, IVD pushed him over last minute and he did get his head kicked in afterwards. I think he got through off the stage while he was on the stretcher. That during Tom Orton's punting. Yeah, was it the year after this? It might have been the year after this then. It was definitely an extreme rules or one night stand type thing. When RVD was leaving the company the first time. Right. When ECW was declared dead the first time. It might have been here before. But it happened at some point. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't mind the stretcher match. I thought the, the, the premise behind it of like, you need to hit your opponent that much that you need to fully incapacitate him. Yeah. Storyline wise worked. Last one standing you could have done. Yeah. And you could have had Jericho convince him to get back up at nine or something or pull him back up. But I think the point was, and I'm presuming based on the, the feud that continued, Jericho was doing this not because he was Sean's friend, he was doing it because he actually wanted Sean to take more punishment. Presuming that's why he kept uh, trying to get the match to continue. I, I really liked the fact that they're building one feud from the sort of embers of another feud. Yeah. But they don't do much anymore, or in the past, where they, they it's it's end, you end the feud and then they go into the next feud, and you're like, well, it needs yeah. to sort of be like one Sometimes big Sometimes you need that thing. crossover, don't you? Yeah. Because yeah, I remember the end of Jericho and Shawn Michaels' feud led to Shawn Michaels' feud with JBL, I think. So it happened again at the end of this one. Yeah. It was almost seamless. It was really good. And then he goes into his taker matches, doesn't he? 
Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, it's just the, the, the end game, as it were, speaking uh, of Batista. Right? We'll get it. You watch bloody Marvel films, Christ. I think what was, what we're saying here is that Shawn Michaels is, as we all know, one of the best for storylines. Yeah, it was fine. I forgot him. Don't know. I didn't like him. Yeah, I'm the same. I think uh, it's because we missed. His I think I, I appreciate him. I appreciate him now, but when I was watching this at the time, I just thought like, Michael. I know I like, could him and Batista were both faces, but I was definitely on Team Batista. But yeah, I think it's because we missed his initial run, so we didn't understand him when he came back. I just found him really annoying. I'm just sat here in disappointment. Yes, yeah, for people watching the video feed, he's just, yeah, well, Peter, he's he's the video feed. he loves the internet crowd, doesn't he? Got his arms crossed, old Karen Peters over there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're gonna need to get what's left of your air cut, Peters, cause it's getting into a Karen Bob there, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's getting real long now. <laughs> Shave it off! Apart from your rat tail. Just join, just do what everybody else does. Wear the Vince do rag if you have to, you know what I mean? <laughs> or a Teddy Long do rag. Exactly. Yeah, Teddy Long got his head shaved and looked exactly the same. <laughs> I definitely would. So, right, Shawn Michaels Batista. That's off pretty hot, as you'd expect. Batista initially, like, rips all the padding off of the stretch edge to use it as a weapon to beat Shawn Michaels with. Yeah, Shawn Michaels puts it Gilligatine choke on Batista for about an hour. <laughs> sort of knocks Batista out, puts him on the stretcher. This is their, their false finishes, isn't it? Where Batista kept going on the stretchers, pushing him up the ramp, and then he, Batista wakes up and yeah. gets off. And he just, Batista's doing some, I think the story from Batista was great here, yeah, because he's obviously annoyed, so he's probably throwing everything into all of his sort of moves. Mm-hmm. At one point, he even tries to Batista bomb him outside, sort of gets reversed into a switch in music. Which Batista then lands on the stretcher. So Jericho comes initially comes out once to cheer on Sean. I'd like to say, Sean, you, you're better than this kid. It was sort yeah. of weird. It's weird that they go into a few after this. As Michael Cole's trying to trying to get over the point that Jericho's willing him on. Although I'm sure in the the video package he keeps him in the face. Sean Michael's yeah. a keeps him in the face. Yeah, because I think Jericho, but at this point Jericho hadn't, well Jericho's trying to say, I don't believe you, you're definitely injured, you're definitely injured, because I'm such yeah. a big fan of, yeah, why would you do that, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the point of this one then was, and I can't remember how it played out, but I presume, because Jericho was doing it because he wanted Shawn Michaels to get beat up by Batista. So it wasn't, he didn't want to cheer on, he knew he couldn't win. Yeah. He, he just, he wanted to get his ass kicked even more. Yeah, possibly. There's some, like, horrendous spine busters from Batista. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he takes one on the steps, doesn't he, which looks awful. Well, at the end, yeah. Michaels is that beat up. He gets up and he tries to switch his music on Batista, but he sort of barely hits him in the chest, which I thought was just great storytelling, which is what made this match probably my nah, second favourite on the cards. <laughs> we'll get to the, my favourite. And then there's a great bit of sort of storytelling again. So obviously Shawn Michaels, everyone knows this, says to Flair, I'm sorry, I love you. I was like, I love you, I'm sorry. Whatever way around yeah. before he sweeps music seems to, to pin him. So Batista grabs Shawn Michaels and goes, really obviously says, I don't love you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Which 
call. Mick Fuller makes a great point about it. Call Miss Izzim. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, that was annoying. And then he eats him with a absolutely brutal Batista bomb. <laughs> right, on the, right on the neck. Puts him on the stretcher. Tries to shoot him out. And Jericho stops him. <laughs> I thought Batista was going to attack Jericho, but he doesn't at any point, does he? No. I suppose his quarrel's not with Jericho, is it? No, he just hated Shawn Michaels. So Jericho sort of tries to help him up off the stretcher. He gets so Tisa just like while we're doing all this, walks off, gets gets the steps. And you know, like you say, he has uh, a horrendous spine buster on the steps near the end. Tisa puts him on and finally pushes him over. Tay Peters, not obviously not a fan of the stretcher match as a gimmick, but what did you think of Shawn Michaels Batista? Bear in mind everything that I've just said about stretcher matches. I thought this, uh, as you said, there was some great storytelling in there. And also, there's a clever little spot where they did the seesaw, but with the stretcher rather than a ladder. And I thought that was really a really clever way to use the stretcher. Yeah. And as a, when they're sort of hitting it, ramming the stretcher into each other, if you get hit on the shins with one of them, that's going to hurt, isn't it? Ooh, was metal. You end up with a it, yeah. shin from that. Yeah, yeah. The only an, another thing for stretcher matches for me is it's very limited in what you can do. So you only really fight in that sort of first bit of the ring outside, and then just in the the rampway. And I think that's another thing that I'm not a massive fan of. But I thought they did it really well here. And as I picked up nearly every match, the steps on the left hand side of the ring as you go get absolutely annihilated. They must have been the most used thing, other than the actual ring in this pay per view. Yeah, no, you've mentioned it. Every match has a every step. Every match, a every match as it goes into the steps. Yeah, I didn't pick that up until you just mentioned it, no. Yeah, my mind is still one. Every, every single match, I think, near enough, has that fair set of steps on the left as you look at the ring. Someone uses it or goes into it. They say they earned their money that night, that's it. Yeah, that's true. Lou, did you think of uh, the stretcher match? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good, really good story. It's a bit slow at the very start. Oh, this is going to be, it's going to be like 17 minutes. It's going to be a bit slow. But I really got into it. And I thought he even did the false finishes well, even though you couldn't do false finishes. But, like, mm. you know, when he did the whole, I'm not sorry and I don't love you, I was convinced. I was like, oh, I must just roll him over at this point. And it must be it. It must be it. And then he continued again. Which I thought killed that moment slightly. But it was, <laughs> it was still really good all the same. It did show yeah, I thought it was really head. good. And then I did like the um, the fact that this obviously led on to the, the Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels feud as well. It was very... This whole period with like, Batista, was, like, he was so good. But I couldn't work out if he was meant to be the face or the heel. I think they were both faces, weren't they? Yeah. But then I think Batista went into another feud with Cena, like, no, after this. And then he was like, he was two-faced again. And Batista came out quite heelish, which I know he likes to be the heel. Mm. So it makes sense. But I forgot how, like, Good Batista was. He was just like a massive powerhouse, and he was just, it was mm-hmm. inevitably, the story was he was inevitably he was going to win. It was just a matter of how long Shawn Michaels could keep him off. And I yeah. thought that was a really good story. Which I think Shawn Michaels says in one of the promos, doesn't he? He said, I might not be six foot seven and however big, but I'll never give up. But yeah, Batista was incredible. And he's well worthy going in the old, well, was it this year he should have been in the old film? Yeah, I think he's technically in it, but he's not in it. At the moment, is there uh, obviously his induction got postponed? Because I don't think he was there that long, was it? Maybe like six or seven years. 
Was it like 2002 he came in in Evolution? Or was yeah, the I think he was done by about 2000. Well, he, was very, he came in with Devon Dudley, didn't he, as, as Deacon Batista. Then went into Evolution, then sort of went on his own, didn't he? He got injured, then came back, went to do films, then came back again, didn't he? Yeah. Which I think he gets a lot of stick for winning that Royal Rumble, doesn't he? Yeah. He does, but it led to a great moment overall, didn't it? Yeah, but yeah, I think that right. takes away from his actual initial yeah, career where he was it really, does, really but good. At the time, he was one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Well, it is. Yeah. That was just after Guardians of the Galaxy came out, wasn't it? I don't know. Possibly. As, as a big Marvel fan, I believe it was just after that. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, got, got Jackson there, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, he is. He's, yeah. out. he's got one of them roles, I know, where it's just. Sent him into sort of mega stardom. It's genuinely one of my favourite characters as well. Ha ha Famously huge turds. Brilliant <laughs> stuff. <laughs> there you go. Join us for uh, mar- marvelling around. <laughs> oh, that's what, we, that's what we're doing when we get to um, 50 reviews, isn't it? You're, you're watching all the Marvel films. Yeah. Don't want to do it. Yeah. Don't want to do it. We'll do them weekly for our Patreon backers. There you what go, then join the, join the Patreon. Watch, I'll watch a Marvel film and tell you. The Patreon doesn't exist yet, but... It will. It will. <laughs> 50 so, reviews first. <laughs> but, and then, oh, also 50 reviews. Hulk Hogan, Luna Bichon. Luna's in the villain already, I didn't know this. <laughs> Brother. You're dead right, she is. <laughs> oh, that was sweet. Oh, terrible. <laughs> right. Moving on. Got this <laughs> Moving on, uh, we just had one member of Evolution. We're now going to the only two other active uh, members of Evolution. Got Randy Orton, and he will be taking on Triple H, who is the current WWE champion, for the WWE championship, in a last man standing match. So Orton's sort of handpicked this uh, stipulation because that's how he initially beat Triple H. And I was thinking this. Triple H is really good at last one standing matches, isn't he? He doesn't often lose many of them. <laughs> oh, I think he's good as in performing, but also, yeah, good as in, yeah. As in, like, sort of, yeah. yeah, he doesn't lose many of them. It's yeah. like the opposite of when we said Jeff Hardy ladder matches or TLC matches, wasn't it, where he just loses everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H actually is quite good yeah. at it. I've also uh, put down here that the title's awful. I know I mentioned it of a Cena. And I would have spinned about where it's for Cena. It looks, it looked crap on Triple H. Yeah, it, it, I can see why they kept it because it was the the highest selling replica belt of all time, which I didn't know. Yeah, I know at this point they'd, they'd stopped it spinning up and hadn't it, so it looks slightly better. It just, it's the champ bit at the bottom. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, it's just disappointing that they, they kept it for this long. They should have ever gone back to the undisputed one or. Just it just looked one. awful. Yeah, I, I I was convinced that when Cena lost it, because he had like a year over a year, didn't he? Yeah. And when he lost, it to, well, he didn't lose it to Randy Orton in the end. He got he had to forget it. But I was convinced they were gonna when they were gonna present it to Randy Orton on that pay per view, they were gonna give him the the either the old title like a new design. But yeah, it feels a bit weird that there's all these big moments and it's got that kind of kids tie belt. It, yeah, Triple H obviously looks like real serious when he comes down in his his entrance and that, and he's got the sort of slicked hair and he does the water and he's got all the lights and that, and then he's got this the big belt around his waist. Yeah. I think I just got used to it over time. It's not my favorite belt, but I don't get that offended by it. 
Ah, uh, no, I just think it looks, yeah. Well, last man standing match here. The only goal, 13 minutes, but there's the horrendous injury, which I think is why this was cut down. But I would, would be interesting to know if they yeah. cut down, if they made the main event longer because of this fact. If it's, it's a triple edge match, it's got gone to like half an hour. That yeah, it's been cut down. But but would well, you? The, end, the ending was I so quick. I don't think they would have took any time off the next match, unless they just put the pivot too short. Eh? But it was two hours fifty. Did, I, there was a lot. Of, they did because there was a lot of time between the end of the, the main event and the, actually going off air there. Mm. And they they had the bit in between, didn't they? Obviously, when the injury happened and they were taking Randy Orton backstage. Yeah, because the end of the the end of this match was quite abrupt for obvious reasons. Before we get to the end of the match, there's a, there's a last man standing match going on. Some quite good spots in there. Orton's like thrown upside loads <laughs> at the start, and they are fighting on the ECW announce table because obviously that's empty because Mike Haddon lived with the useless. <laughs> and as he said to John Cena earlier, he's only got one match. Triple H sort of goes through goes for a pedigree through the table, um, which is reversed into sort of Orton's sort of draping DDT, which I thought was a good way of doing it. Because if they'd have gone through the table again, it would have took away from the mid event, yeah. which we'll get. So it, it's a brutal looking DDT because Triple H stays down for a nine count, doesn't he? It's one of it's one of my favourite Orton moves. That DDT, he does it all the time. He, he sort of started didn't he, on when he started doing the punt kick, but it was vicious. Yeah. yeah, the Viper. I, I think I think Randy Orton's quite underrated sometimes. Oh, I do. Oh, it's unbelievable. He's sort of the, the internet hate him because he's like proper pure WWE, you know. But I think, and this is an unusual thought I've just gone through, if you were to build a sports entertainer from the ground up, it would look like Randy Orton. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. He'd definitely be in everyone's top three picks if you could pick anybody in the world. He'd be a man, he can do both. He can be facing a big heel and he's brilliant at both. Yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think it'd be in my top three. What, if you could pick? I, I think it would. Who would you, who uh, would you have before? Um, can I kabash you? <laughs> um, Doug Williams or whoever it was. Fucking <laughs> Doug, Doug. And, um, <laughs> Referee Randy Anderson, for me. Yeah, there, there we go then. Maybe not in everyone's top three. Maybe most people's there top you three. You'll probably, you probably make a poll and sway it your own way. Yeah, what's Kenny Kabashi called? Hideo Itami, so. <laughs> God's sake. No! <laughs> you know, for that, Orton at one point removes the padding on the floor to the concrete, which is. I don't eh. I think I thought it would have got done more, but it doesn't seem to, to be doing that much. Obviously, like Peter said, Orton uses steps. Just, just struggle to throw him over the thingy. So obviously, Orton gets a bad sort of shoulder injury, and we'll get to it in a minute. Well, he's, he's thought, historically got problems with his shoulders anyway, hasn't he? He's got hypermobility in them. Yeah. And um, if you watch, when you're looking at it as well, Triple H does target his shoulders quite a lot. Well, right at the start of the match, he's thrown into the ring post several times on his left yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Right? But I thought that's where the injury come up because he struggles to throw the steps in the ring, doesn't he? Well, then maybe I he was just that maybe it. maybe started it that we didn't that you maybe didn't know about, and then obviously it happened, didn't it? And that was the the impact that it needed to crack it or break it. Yeah, maybe. Martin uh, also gets some electrical wire chokes and a lot of choking in this, which mm. is, you obviously don't see it anymore. Daniel Bryan got fired not that long after this. Like yeah, so it wasn't. 
That was this the doing just to the tie, wasn't it? Yeah, this it was still TV fourteen at this point. So there's a lot of choking. It go, when we go on to the finish, so Orton goes for the RKO, and then Triple H reverses it, sort of blocks it, throws him out of the ring, which is impressive in itself. But like, I know what you're all thinking. How on earth do you stop yourself from doing any damage when you get thrown over the top rope whilst doing an RKO? And the answer is, you can't. <laughs> so Orton lands on his left shoulder. Must snap his collarbone clean in two. I think he immediately shouts my collarbone. Even King picks it up the knee that he's at his collarbone. He can barely move his left arm. Is he out? He's out for months after this thing, wasn't he? He come back with legacy. He came. He came back in the September. Was it September? He didn't wrestle yeah. straight away. I don't know, did he? I, no, I don't think know, I remember doing it. Back he, in the September. Beat up CM Punk in backstage, and he had to vacate his title. I think that was like unforgivable thing. He re-injured his collarbone as well in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, I did hear that. About when he'd recovered from it. So obviously Triple H is... Well, there is a point where they keep focusing on Triple H and Triple H is like genuinely looking to see if he's alright. I think someone must call an audible. End it there. Triple H gets a sledgehammer. Hits him with a sledgehammer and Orton's counted out. It's only 13 minutes. Well, obviously the injury sort of hampered this match at the end. But was you enjoying it before that? I was, yeah. So you know, you said Triple H is good at um, in KFAB sense. I think he's good at tri- uh, last man standing matches in a non KFAB sense as well. I think his his last man standing match with Chris Jericho fully loaded, like two thousand two thousand one. One of my favorite mm. matches of all time. Um, so yeah, it's good. There's not a lot to say because honestly, I don't think it really got into it. The one thing I would say about Triple H is it takes a while for him to warm up when it com- when it comes to these big matches. Yeah. Sometimes, like, you can always discount, like, the first 15 minutes of some of these epic matches that he has. Um, I just wonder how it would have fin- finished. I wonder who was going to There's win. always a big spot in the end of last man standing match for it to finish. Yeah, well, I, that's right. I wonder. I, I think, I think the... it would have been in, I think Triple H would have won, because you don't normally change it unless you know it's really bad. But I'm just intrigued to see how it happened. Yeah. Or how it would have happened. Maybe it's one for Bruce Pitchard if he was still there. Would he have gone by then? He went in 2008, then. Yeah, sometime around this time, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Well, I wonder if the sledgehammer would have been maybe the finish, and then that's why they did that. So you've got the tri- the classic Triple H moment still in there, but then obviously they brushed it a little bit as well. Yeah, it's Triple H, it? Sledgehammer must have been involved somehow. Yeah, I just think sometimes it's like, normally for a last one standing one, it's like a spectacular fall off a stage or something, isn't there? Yeah. Something happens, like a weapon yeah. shot. Normally not enough to keep him down. You get a nine count but, out of that. Well, I suppose he could have hit them, hit Randy Orton with the the sledgehammer, which led to a spectacular fall. Maybe I, I don't know. Because uh, he had all the stuff on his tent. Weird, they didn't use all his vehicles on the on the stage. Maybe they could have, yeah. Got yeah. Well, no, it's in, in like drives the digger well, against Randy Orton. Like, falls off it. In, in the, the fall, fall, Randy Orton almost lands on the steps, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just not, he's I, nothing I, I, free I about it. He was trying to avoid those as well. And was maybe changing his body position. That's obviously maybe something that could have led to it as well. Yeah, yeah there was no. I, I know this TLC match was next, but it's weird that there's like no table or something there to break his fall. Yeah, a- anything. Because right. that's a hell of a height to do a flat back bump. Isn't it? Going unless he was, back, unless he was trying to grab the rope because he was trying to land his feet. Oh, maybe he was trying himself around his body. Yeah. Around. Yeah. yeah. Who no, knows? Have you practiced it's, that? It's, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? Yeah, you only practice that if you're in Matty Jones' wrestling school. 
<laughs> so they obviously end. Interestingly, the Doctor who comes out is actually the Doctor who's seen. The Doctor, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I noticed yeah. that as well. Looks like can Alistair Campbell or someone, isn't he? No. <laughs> not there below the elbow as well. Yeah. <laughs> so the show sort of all slowly walking off. His collarbones in absolute pieces. They show they must show it about five or six times in slow motion. It doesn't look good in any direction. Zooms in on his collarbone a few times. Yeah. It's not a good one. The crowd are still booing him. He starts off chess and starts a fight with some kid, doesn't he? And yeah, this kid looks terrified. Guy, <laughs> this kid yeah, jumps in, doesn't he? <laughs> it is great. So that was the WWE Championship match. Obviously, this is Shrey Brand. So we're going to the World Heavyweight Championship match. So we've got Edge, and he's going against The Undertaker. This is going to be TLC. So very much Edge's... Edge's match in it is known quite well. He's announced all the way through this. Playground. Yeah, he's the well, the originator of the TLC match. He's the expert in the Undertaker's first ever TLC match. Yeah, this is for the World Heavyweight Championship, but none of these guys are the champion. So I think Edge and Undertaker had a match at WrestleMania. So um, yeah. And t- obviously, Taker wins because it's WrestleMania, but he gets the belt stripped. From him by Vicky Guerrero, who's the general manager of SmackDown, Edge's fiance. I don't think they actually get married, do they? No, they get married. Does he get ah? Oh, but is, it, is that when they, they something to do with Alicia Fox, isn't they? It calls itself uh, Edge Guerrero. Edge's fault, kissing Alicia Fox, isn't it? Right, who is the, the wedding organizer? She's the wedding planner, <laughs> and then that don't work out for her. But it just she just carries on wrestling. Right, that's all right, doesn't it? Vicky Guerrero has banned Hell's Gate, so strips Taker from uh, having the title because he used it to win. So they have another match at Judgment Day, which Taker wins by a count out, but everyone thinks he's the champion. And interestingly, Cole said seven time champion. That is one more than that. I don't think it was many. Vicky says the title can't be won by a count out, so Taker, you can't have it, it's still vacant. So then she sets up a TLC match between Edge and Undertaker. Which I think, is it, Cole brings it up. It's ironic that uh, Vicky says it must be win, it must be won by a pinfall submission, and then there's a TLC match. <laughs> cool. Also, just to add a bit more into this, if Undertaker loses, he's banished from the WWE. He can't go on, he can't the draft later on in the month to go to Raw or ECW. Imagine that, Taker in ECW. He <laughs> was on there, wasn't he? He definitely was on ECW at one point. Was he really? I'm sure he had a main event in ECW, yeah. Who against? Big Show, I think, I think it was when Big Show was just facing like random people. Well, he might knock us off Because when he had, um, he had that match against Batista in Hammerstein Ball and then Big Show and everyone shit over it. Right. I'm sure he faced Undertaker around the same time. I might be wrong, but I'm sure he did. Was this like 2006 then? Would have been, yeah. Oh, right. That obviously must have been filmed on the same day as SmackDown. I presume so, yeah. This could be completely wrong, so if it is. If this, is le- if this is legit fans, yeah, tell us, let us know. Socials, emails, and all that. You're good at the end of the show. I'm, I'm convinced he was in it. He had one ECW match. TLC, this is carnage. They go, they'll go 23 minutes. I don't wonder if that's maybe changed a bit because of the. Triple H incident when the, when the autumn match. Although, who knows, but it didn't seem like it got stretched out. Everything seemed to fall. No, no, I think it was just afterwards it got stretched out. Yeah, these two are absolute pros, to be fair, aren't they? So. Yeah, 
TLC match and these two are now scrubs. Yeah. Oh, for God's Really? <laughs> are you pleased with that? Are you? Are you pleased I, with that? How do you walk around that, with your head held high? I don't know what you mean. Ridiculous. Absolutely outrageous. Obviously, it's TLC, so we've got tables, ladders, and chairs. So, at one point, it shouldn't have annoyed me as much as it did, but Cole said, that's why we've got tables, chairs, and ladders. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Yeah, it doesn't sound, it, it, it's, it doesn't sound phonetically right, does it? <laughs> There's one point, Edge, Edge is outside, he sets up a table on top of a table. Take a set, this ain't enough. <laughs> this is not enough tables for me. Sets up another table on top of a table next to it. And there. I just thought this in Lucha Underground, we mentioned about it, mentioned Lucha Underground last week, didn't we? Their tables that went underneath had holes in. Every table had like, like four little grooves in, so you could put the table in properly. Yeah. Uh, do you think that would be a good idea in the WWE? <laughs> but then I was also thinking, what else are these tables made for apart from to be smooth? <laughs> Carrot cells? Yeah, maybe. But, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, fire Yeah, but at Carrot Cells, you wouldn't double stack, would you? No, so why really have you got like... these little grooves in? Nah, yeah, rest of the only, I imagine. I don't... This annoys me, though. You know when you have to set stuff up for, like, spectacular spots later on? They do it really early. Well, like, why is Undertaker stacking tables? Surely it'd be best just to put a stack of tables on the outside at the beginning. You know when they're setting the match up? And they put yeah, the tables they yeah. around. To do that. You don't often... That's not something you often see, is that Undertaker stacking tables. Just build a big contraption there. You know, so, yeah, sometimes... It, I, I, I mean, I'm not complaining because I like... Well, at least, but you know, sometimes when they make these impressive platforms with ladders and tables and stuff, it's like, there's no logical reason to do that. Yeah. yeah. But this one, I thought you could have got away with it because it was on the edge anyway, and it was where you put one table. Just say, oh, the, the second load of tables up here, and, and yeah. that's it. It's more annoying though when they, they stack all these tables and they don't get bloody used. That's even more annoying. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's all a sweat. Oh, boy, do they get used though. Yeah, yeah they, these ones do, yeah. Dessert. So there's some other good spots like they set up ladders on each sort of turnbuckle and then Taker goes to the snake eyes at one point. And then they set up another ladder in the middle. So there's ladders on opposite turnbuckles. Sort of facing in, not like they're normally set up. Uh, Edge gets knocked off the ladder in the middle, falls into one ladder, then bounces off that ladder <laughs> into the ladder Taker stood on. Taker falls off into the other ladder. Because this must have been, I don't know how many TLC matches they've done. But it's obviously it must be hard to come up with new spots. I think this was just things. around the time they were starting doing singles TLC matches, wasn't it? I know there was one with we had one Edge with John Cena. Yeah, and Ric Flair. I think Ric Flair was the first one. But I think it was like it? yeah, it was like a Royal Roulette, wasn't it? Or something. But I think for the most part at this point, there'd been like the big multi-man tag team matches. There wasn't many singles matches. Mm. Probably. So that does make it a bit easier, but still. Like some of the good spots in here, like, Taker goes for his, his leg drop on the apron and Edge puts a chair up. <laughs> it's Taker oh, yeah, that, that looks brutal. That looks brutal. Yeah, it did. And then Edge puts Taker through a table with a splash off the announce table. Michael Cole, again, I like to call on this, but he called it a frog splash and it's, it's not. Is it that? That one a frog splash. No, it's just a splash. What's the difference? Well, I thought that was a really cool spot. Between Jimmy Snooker and Eddie Guerrero's flashes. It's different between those. Jimmy Snooker and Eddie Guerrero's. Eddie Guerrero didn't kill anyone. What? Come on. 
allegedly. Never did Jimmy Snooker, that's a, that's I don't know I said that, yeah. What's the difference? The frog splash is the bit in the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the whole, like, like revenue. Yeah, it doesn't do anything, now, does it? It's just Got a splash, though. That's the frog splash. What's the money shot? The money shot's just a splash, yeah, isn't it? Got, yeah. yeah, but you get the little dance at the, the, the top, don't yeah. you? You get the yeah. little crotch. I don't know. I don't know. It's at least I didn't call it a mission for Jabba. Just like called everything. That is. But that, no, he's the fans. Oh, <laughs> oh, take, so Taker gets his, uh, his leg trapped in a ladder at one point and then edges, obviously, unleashes a chair. And I mean, Taker's that must be like nearly 50 at this point. We thought he was going to see the end of his career, didn't we, at this point? Yeah. yeah. I think he was wrestling part time for sure. He's getting absolutely battered. I think he went part time very much uh, quite soon after this. I think this was sort of just towards the end, wasn't it? Before he went. Yeah, he, he, obviously he wasn't working his like one match a year schedule as he is now, but I'm sure he was just doing the big, the big stuff now. WrestleMania season, as it were. Is this and not the point where they, would, didn't, yeah. they make a right big deal about him at this time about him wrestling on SmackDown or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He's actually wrestling. One on one with Dan the Taker. Yeah. <laughs> In a tag team match. Um, holla 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 <laughs> Christ thank you for that TPs <laughs> welcome Christ they're coming up to the end of well near the end of the match Edge's choke slammed sort of to the outside onto a ladder between the ring and the barrier kind of thing yeah um, so Taker's yeah, going to go for it. Yeah, the ladder was on the apron and the barrier wasn't it? And like, yeah. he's gone to the outside. Then... I thought he didn't go through, did he? But... No, he, he I thought, it, I thought it was one of those ones where... Because when he landed on the... And I was telling you to go through, it looked pathetic. Every yeah. Time. But I thought this one made it look worse, you know? Yeah. Because he just bent slightly and he bounced the angle that he landed on... Because he, he landed... He hit it with his back as well, didn't he? Like his lower back. Yeah. He didn't go on it flush. Gross. I think the first time I ever saw someone go through a ladder, it was Edge, when Jeff Hardy did that leg drop. No, he landed on him, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it landed literally right in the middle. No way that wouldn't hurt. Take was Actually, that was after this. Was that after? Oh, no, it was before. It was WrestleMania 23. Yeah, I get WrestleMania 23 and 25 confused. They're both blue. Yeah, but is that not the one where 23, did Kennedy win that one and then Edge yeah. won the money in the bank anyhow? Yeah, it's before yeah. this one. Yeah. It was the year before. Yeah, because it was just after the Matt had come back, and he in that mm-hmm. and did to I can't remember. I've, I've definitely seen it. So Taker's gonna, he's walking up the ladder. He's gonna win, but no, the Edge Heads come out, Hawkins and Ryder, which I'd seen Zack Ryder with long hair, just weird, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, all done it. Yeah, they come out. They're obviously part of La Familia, but they go for an interesting spot. I wonder what on earth they're gonna do here. They set up a table. Put Taker on the table, then put another table on top of it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and well, like I wonder if they were gonna. I wonder if they were gonna go splash themselves through it and then try and pin Taker on top of under the tables. I don't know. We'll never know now. It looked like Hawkins was gonna, like you say, do a splash through it, but Taker gets out and then does a horrendous joke slam to the outside from the top oh. rope of Hawkins. That was a scary table. bump on it. Yeah, but. Crazy. I guess that's what the Edgeheads were there for, wasn't it? Just to get chucked about. And then Taker thinks, oh, well, if Hawkins has been from chokeslam through a table on the outside, Ryder, you might as well. So he chokeslams that Ryder onto the outside. So then Edge gets, <laughs> Edge gets back into... <laughs> Edge gets back up into the match after all these shenanigans. 
the two tables are still set up. Steve didn't knock him over when he got up. Fighting on the ladder. And the edge gets lacerated through both them two tables. Which again looked horrendous. Was this the one where um, Jimmy Cordero's referee was counterbalancing him? There I was one where they, they were both on the same side of the ladder. It must have been this one. And yeah. he was like, to make sure they were stable, he was like halfway up the ladder going, come on! But he was, he was clearly there just to keep the ladder down. Which I thought was. I didn't notice it. it was, must, yeah. must have either been this one I or the Cena one. Where Cena FU's him from the top. Oh, it was definitely this match. But I this match. Yeah, I wrote it down in this match, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, Drew Canaris was like halfway up going, come on! And then, right. but he was clearly just there just to hold the ladder down. Maybe. I mean, he's, do you know what's really upsetting? Like, when you see something like that, you realise what it's for. Like, do you remember when we was in TakeOver uh, New Orleans? Yeah. And it's the Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, unsanctioned match, as it's called on yeah. it. Um, from where we were sat, uh, you couldn't see it on camera because I've watched it back since and you can't see it on camera. There's a bit with, um, is it a crutch? It's a crutch yeah. in it, not a leg. It yeah. the finish, it? Yeah. There's a bit with a crutch and it falls out of the ring and the referee, from where we were sat, could see the referee jump out of the ring, pick up the crutch and put it back in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> That was disappointing. It's really annoying when you was saying, everyone, was, everyone was shouting like, "What are you doing, referee?" And it was clearly inside of the finish. Yeah. Obviously, you have to, sometimes the rest have to do things like count the fans in, but when you know what they're doing it for, it just takes you right I out. Wish, doesn't it? I wish you just whispered in and just been like, just, "By the way, lads, the coaches fell out." I just, you know, the yeah. next spot with someone getting it again, but I don't uh, know. It's fine. But no, Jimmy Cordero's. Just I just noticed it this time. I didn't notice it at the time. I definitely didn't. It, I feel like this is not an early thing I'd remember. Yeah. But yeah, I just noticed him. Like, What's he doing on the bloody ladder? <laughs> and then, um, he reminded me of the, when we were at the WCPW show and Rampage was about to, um, powerbomb Blompier for a table and the table fell down and the referee just didn't know what to do, so they put it back up again. To be fair, on that one though, Rampage. But everyone hated Blompier, so it's fine. Like, yeah, was... Rampage looked at the ref in here and went, come on, put it back yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was just, the referee was just like, and I guess Jimmy Canaris knew what he was doing, but no, just, I just noticed it. It was interesting. Yeah, so obviously, I say all the time, a great follow on Twitter. Jimmy Cordero is highly recommend. Yeah, well, well if, just, if this match had been refereed by Brian Ebner, we would have done that, you know? Absolutely. He'd have climbed the ladder and feet to the belt himself. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Ebner. They're just <laughs> absolute piece of shit. He's still alive, isn't he? Isn't yeah, I think so. Good, good. So. <laughs> so obviously, Edge has just been lacerated through two tables. Taker then, he's climbing up the ladder again. Taker's going to win. He's going to get it. No. Out come Bam Neely, Chavo Guerrero. Bam Neely, couldn't find out about him. Didn't do a right lot. Obviously, he, he retired in 2010. Yeah, he did. He went on the Indies. I think he got released. Like, he got released. Bam Neely or Brian? Or Brian Hebner. He's, he's got no Wikipedia page. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't it's deserve it. Quite frankly, deserve one. He's still alive there. That's good. Good. Bam, right, back to the match because there's a lot going on. <laughs> Bam Neely and Java Guerrero, the other two members of La Familia, get involved. Try a concerto, completely miss it, and the both just immediately taken out by Taker. So yeah. even like less successful than the uh, <laughs> Hawkins and Ryder. But the, somehow the ladder's been moved. <laughs> the, the ladder's now on slightly to the left of where it was. So when Taker climbs up the ladder. He's too far away from the goddamn title. 
It could have reached over, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy could have asked me that again. But Edge So take by the time Takers really realised how far away he was, Edge is woken up, goes over to the, the ladder, tips him out, and then Taker goes through through the four tables. Well, three. Yeah, yeah it always yeah. annoys me that they never go for all the tables. <laughs> no, but I guess it's you can't. You can't. Know, you just, so it could just fall somewhere on it. Yeah. Yeah. Taker goes for all four tables. Edge climbs up and wins the title, and then there's a big, massive uh, celebration with La Familia, fireworks, and everything. Vicky Guerrero comes out. Twenty-three minutes in all, and then we see obviously Taker's now being banished from WWE. So you see Taker slowly walking off. After he gets himself up. Just in a heap, they go back to just in a heap of the tables, and he? Edge is the new World Heavyweight Champ. Terry Peters, what did we think of Edge Undertaker TLC? Best match of the night. The How only issue I have is I don't feel as though Chavo and Bob Neely need to come down after the Hawkins and Ryder interruption. It just annoyed me. It just felt like there was one too many interruptions on that part. But other than that, I thought it was really good. There were some really good spots in there. And it was nice to see Taker do something that you don't usually see him do in this type of match as well, with sort of table spots and taking table bumps well, and things like that. 25 foot off a ladder through four tables. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the only hell thing of a bump stick at that point is great. Exactly. Oh, God, yeah. But you knew it was coming because you knew some sort of ridiculous bump was coming because he set the ladder up a million miles away from the title where he's never going to reach it. Yeah, and he kept looking down the tables. What, what he kept looking down happen. the tables. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like I say, it, it was the best match of the night for me. The crowd were well into it as well. I was surprised that Edge won it when you usually hear oh, the banish from WWE you think, well, obviously he's going to win it, but I was surprised that he didn't. But he came back, I think, didn't he, a couple of weeks later. He came, a couple yeah, of months, I, I think. He came back as a punishment it, from Vicky Guerrero. Was it, yeah. They had a hell of a sell at some Yeah. Vicky Guerrero is just awful. Um, oh, controversial. Yeah. Right, not, you don't like her, but you're not meant to like her, are you? No, I just found her really annoying. Well, you, yeah, but you're yeah, supposed, to, supposed, oh, you're supposed to find her annoying, right? That's the old point yeah, of it. I know. It's to find the right back off. <laughs> anyway, and Hawkins and Ryder, fair play for taking those bumps as well. Yeah, and I would disagree though. Though fair I think play. I think um, Bam Neely and Chavo Guerrero were needed to give Edge time to get back up. Otherwise, he just no sold the last I, I, five from two tables. No, I see where you're coming from, but I just felt that if. You're gonna. I just didn't feel as though that amount of interruption was needed. You only needed either Bam Neely or Chava and Chava or the, the Major Brothers. I just don't feel as though you needed four. But I know what you're saying that in that bit of the match that you needed them to come down and do that. And also but that is part know. of that. That's just how I thought about it. Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for Tape Pierce, but he's wrong here. Yeah, but it was the ultimate opportunity at this point. I thought it was. I thought it was. Well, I like the fact it was like. Every time you thought, oh, take his like, beat them up now, he's going to win it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, some more people. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the whole point. It was like the frustration of like, he needed Undertaker to be absolutely screwed out of it. And he was, because he was basically like a five on one handicap match at the end. So I didn't yeah. mind the, I didn't mind it. I imagine that you watch it at the time, it's quite frustrating, but I, I like the story behind it. it. And I thought it, it was good that even though they got beat up, that was basically what won him the match. Yeah. So even though it looked like they failed, 
and had failed on that concerto and had injured themselves and they both got beat up and they got their comeuppance. That was what won Edge the match at the end of the day. Was, I also am really happy that we got to see an Edge and un- an Undertaker feud because I think they were both like really well together. Then when we eventually get to it, the WrestleMania match is incredible and their Hell in a Cell match yeah. is incredible as well. Yeah, it's a really good feud. This one. It was a really good. It was a really good year at WWE. I was going to say I missed this year, but this the card's absolutely stacked. But this was probably one of my favorite pay per views that we've done yeah. so far. This feud continues, and that feud morphs yeah. into um, Undertaker and Batista again. I think. On the other side, you've got Chris Jericho and, and Shawn Michaels, and then uh, JBL and Cena had a really good feud because that continued for a long time afterwards as well. It's a really good, really good year for WWE. Because I know at this point it's when the internet was starting to get a bit prevalent, and it was a bit like, oh, this sucks. It's not as good as fucking Ashley there. Brilliant, I thought. Really, uh, I really strong year, WWE. I, I think this is one of the favorite, my favorite ones that we've covered. I don't think there was a bad match on the card, personally. I suppose it's seven matches, all good matches. Yeah, I thought it was. A, I, I mean, I, re- I remember enjoying it at the time. Couldn't remember anything that happened really. Just how you liked it. We watched back like I really enjoyed. It. Yeah, and it was probably the best show we've watched. That's a ball clip. Ooh. I'm going to take out take out Dallas because we were there. Say the right. but like when we've been watching back, I think this is probably my yeah. Backlash 2002 was really good as well. But I I really enjoyed watching this. I'd see it. I see what you're saying there. Yeah. I think this is the only one that I think this is the only one that we've all really agreed as a three that we all really liked. I would. Yeah. I'd definitely give this like a sort of an eight and a half to nine out of ten. I I was giving this. Yeah, an 8. I was doing this. 11 out of 10. 11. Oh my god, he's broke his own scale. Who breaks their own scale, though? Well, I don't know. That's the second <laughs> time he's done it. it. Kind of happens to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> what about the San Diego Arena? Yeah. <laughs> That's where he's from, the old melts. Isn't he from the. Uh... Oh, so, is he? Yeah, he's probably there. Ooh, that of course he was there because he absolutely loves it. No matter how much he slags it off, he still watches every week. Yeah, he's probably there. Take his notes. <laughs> Taking his notes. Uh, she's no credibility. We're gonna do what? Something I don't know. Sometimes I like Meltzer and sometimes I don't. Sometimes nah. I do. Talk to that. I very rarely agree with anything Brian Alvarez says ever. But I watch um, Wrestling Observer live like every week. Ever since lockdown and they've gone on Twitch, I've watched it like live like every night at like 8 o'clock. Bloody love it. Mike Sempervivi, shout out for him now. Best wrestling commentator out there. Outside of wrestling around. <laughs> yeah. That was cast. I swear, there's only this um, three year old better than him. But Mike Sempervivi, I just think he's really good. So, yeah, check him out at Sempervivi on Twitter. And, um, yeah, that's really good. But listen to this first, obviously. Yeah, listen to it. And then go back in the archives and listen to all of them as well. Yeah. Probably not episode one. It's very good. <laughs> what was episode? I can't remember what we did episode one. So, yeah, start, start episode two or three. Tara, do was that a Tara do? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Bloody just, hell, you forget about the Tower of Doom, don't you? And then when you remember yeah. that. <laughs> just a lot of us going, it was a good pay per view. So, I probably started with episode 2 or 3, and we're going to it, and we've warmed up a bit. Yeah. Started with 5. Yeah. Started with a few years after episode 1. <laughs> at least you're yeah. the fucking pilot. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> one day you will, though. That'll be pitch and exclusive, that, the bloody wrestling the wrong pilot. If you. If you pay us ten thousand dollars a month, you can. <laughs> Someone out there wants to. Yeah. No, right. wants to. 
I don't know what I was to. <laughs> that has been One Night Stand 2008. Lou, what did we think overall then? We just said we've enjoyed it. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Probably one of my favourite shows that we've, we've reviewed during this. This is episode 10 now. With dear health, we'll get on a bit. We should have done a 10th uh, birthday spectacular earlier, shouldn't we? But we'll, oh, really? We should just like cheat side of the best though. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that. I'm <laughs> Best of wrestling. Man. But no, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I remember doing it at the time, and I said I was a big fan. I believe I'd finished college. I was waiting to go to university. I had nothing else to do, so I was watching them all live at this this point. With uh, shout out to Tom and, and Aaron, who was who was watching it with Tom's house. Um, so I was really into wrestling at this point. This was like my second peak. Uh, I actually did when I was a kid and had no business watching it, and then and then this was like my big peak of watching it, so I really enjoyed it. Edge is one of my favourite wrestlers of all time, as I said on the show before. Undertaker was at his peak, because Undertaker could work at this point. I think this is the best Undertaker. Yeah, Yeah, this is the best. All started with the match against Batista at WrestleMania 23. Should have won the last. And I don't think Undertaker had a bad match from that point until... Goldberg? No, it was a few before then, which weren't very good, but Roman Reigns. There were not matches that weren't good, but weren't great. There was a succession of. It probably brought Lesnar, so he probably had from like Batista at WrestleMania 23 up to like CM Punk at WrestleMania 29. I think every match he had during that time, there might be the odd Raw or something where it wasn't very good. But I think he just had really, really good matches. He was at like peak Undertaker. Um, so, but you put them two together in a TLC match, gonna be good, isn't it? And it's yeah, I just enjoy the, I enjoy the content to this pay per view at the time. Extreme rules. Every match is a gimmick match. You don't want every match to be like this. I have your pay to be like this, but every match on this show being like it is really good. I yeah. wish now, when you do like Extreme Rules now, and it's just one Extreme Rules main event. Nah, not the same. This is, yeah. this was a good way to do it. Every match was different. Every match had a different type of finish. Every match had a sort of reason to be in a feud. It wasn't saying like, oh, it has to be a Hell in a Cellar, because I hate those self views. Or it has to be a TLC match. It was just a gimmick match that fit in with the storyline. At the time. And it works really well as a concept. Stupid name. Should just be called Extreme Rules. But really good, really good pay per view. I thought it was good. Um, like you say, there's a lot of gimmick matches. Sometimes when there's too many gimmick matches, they sort of take over from each other. So we get to the last match and you're completely burnt out. Because yeah, like TLC all. does because like by the time you've, you've got to the TLC main event, you've already had a tables match, a ladders match, and chairs match. <laughs> so you've seen all the spots that it could be done. But this yeah. is, to go back to, Uncensored. That was kind of similar, wasn't it? Like obviously there was no Tower of Doom at the end of this one, but the the, the concept was the same. I mean that's where they took it from. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really good show. It was a, it was a good show. Ty Peters, um, if you could just sum up your your feelings on the on the full show. Like I say, this is the best one we've seen. I, I, there was not really a bad match. I, I wasn't a particular fan of the the women's match, but I at the time obviously I understand why it was so important. And that weird scene of Skip can just go in a bin. That, that, was, that was just weird, wasn't it? How was that there? Yeah. But other than that, this is probably the, one of the best ones we've watched for me, I think. This is one, and I would watch this again, and I'd never, I've never seen this until we watched it for, for the recording. So yeah, I was very impressed with it overall. Very solid. It was, it was a good shot. Um, so next week, we're gonna, 
Does something a bit different. We're going to Mick Foley, but obviously Foley's been wrestling for bloody ages, so we'll go with Mick Foley after he retired. <laughs> so I'm thinking his best matches after Triple H beat Cactus Jack at No Way Out 2000. So there's a few in there. We're all going to pick two. Pick a moment as well. So that'll be something different. But the week after that, so in two weeks' time, wrestling around is giving you, the listeners, the choice. Oh, so, yes. you have the choice between either ECW One Night Stand 2005 or ECW One Night Stand 2006. Yes. So, on our social medias, there'll be polls on... We're going on Facebook and Twitter, though. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, um, a, and, a, and a separate private poll that only I can see the results of as well. Why? What, what, why would you do that? It, these these polls actually right because I know what you're all thinking. Lou waits all the polls. <laughs> these polls will just be a straight out or five or oh six. Yeah. Hopefully, right now, Lou, you you want to watch one and Terry Peters wants to watch the other. So. Two thousand six all the way. Like you know, ECW is ECW is alright, but you need the WWE guys there to make it better, don't you? Right, look, put forward your case now for why people should vote for ECW One I Stand 2006. This one, it was just a very interesting one. It was the match between John Cena and RVD in the main event is amazing. And then on the undercard, you've got the what ends up being a six-person tag between Bueller, Tommy Dreamer, and Terry Funk with Lee to Edge and McFarley. Absolute classic. You've got the Big Show just coming in being a random dude for no reason. A really good match between Kurt Angle and uh, Randy Orton as well, which everyone forgets about. I think that might have been the opening match. I just really, I really enjoyed the um, the mix of of Wales, and obviously you've got a JBL promo from the balcony winding up these CW fans, which is great stuff. Like all five was alright. I'm not going to complain if you watch all five, but you know, all five is what you, the internet says you have to say. All six is the one you really want to, you really want to watch. That's the better one. Right. So that Lewis put his, his forward his case for watching 2006. Terry Peters as our spokesperson for the internet. Uh, why do you think the wrestling around listeners should uh, vote for 2005? Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Is that the only reason? No, I got interrupted by some pleasure once. Oh uh, six. <laughs> no, it's it's just one of the greatest things that WWE has produced in the last 20 years, in my opinion. You get all the nostalgia of ECW, everything good that goes with that, and it's just. Something totally different has a totally different feel about it, and is bloody incredible, and has really good matches, and there's all that l- bloody lovely feel good factor about everything. There we but go. If you, but if you're on storylines, there's an L6 is all for it. <laughs> there we go. So I have a vote for uh, 2005 or 2006. I imagine the poll will go for a week, probably with a little. No, well, it'll go three days. So it'll go from the end of this episode when you listen to it on Wednesday to the Saturday, so we can announce the result. Oh, um, we, we record the Saturday, basically. Right. So there we go. You've got three days. So make sure you do it in three days. So from now up until Saturday. So um, you can find the poll on well, Facebook as uh, Wrestling Around, or Instagram and Twitter as at Wrestleround. That's W R E S Around. If you don't know how to get in any of them, and you want to tell us which one to listen to anyhow, then email us at WrestlingAround@outlook.com. <laughs> and if it's so, six, we will listen to it. Yeah, if you if you just want to say well, that, I'll get into the polls. 
Somebody will do all the maths. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We've got a YouTube channel these days. So, follow us on YouTube as Wrestling Around, where we put in sort of segments, clips. Yeah, clips. All possibly, some, possibly some bonus content, did someone say later on? Um, but for now, bonus for now, content. Just, just clips, yeah. Clips of the show. So join us, join us on there and, and share the, uh, the, the short clips with your friends and, and get, us, get us more listeners and someone for you to talk to about Wrestling Around. Yeah, so if every listener here, I'm going to set you all a challenge here, listeners. If every listener tells two people and gets them to tell two people and gets them to tell two people, it's not hard to tell two people to listen to Wrestling Around. It's the world's greatest podcast. We are worldwide, you know what I mean? So we're a big deal. But yeah, get it listened to. Get listening to Wrestling Around. Tell tell all your friends, tell all your pals, and then talk about your pals. A friend of listeners. You can listen to it if you want. It's your choice, guys. Yeah, and if you think it's good, but, you know, give us a like, thumbs up, and subscribe on YouTube. Yeah, do all that, do all that jazz. Right, that's enough. So join us next week for the retirement episode of Mick Foley. Yeah, thank you very much, Lou. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Thank you. Join us next week on Wrestling Around. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.